I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning, in the process of buying, or even owns their own home. did magical and scary today for a reason because today's episode we're going to be talking all about mortgage interest rates I feel like this is like the forbidden topic to talk about because everyone's like they're so high I hate mortgage rates I can't chop until mortgage rates come down blah 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 (laughs) but it's not as bad as you might seem you might seem, it might seem. And I'm really gonna break it down for you guys today. So in today's episode, I'm gonna be touching on three different points. We're gonna be going over understanding how mortgage rates work because no one ever talks about this. They just talk about rates, but I want you guys to actually know and actually understand how mortgage rates work. I want to empower you, educate you, and of course, entertain you. (laughs) That way you listen, because let's face it, if this is boring, you're not gonna listen. So I wanna empower you guys to understand what mortgage rates are, because if you understand how they work, you might be able to kind of forecast where they're going without needing me or needing other experts or having to pay for something. oh my gosh, you might just know and can make the best informed decision for yourself. So that's going to be the first thing we touch on. The second thing we're going to touch on is what is points? And what does that mean and have to do with a mortgage rate? It's important, you guys, for any of you looking to buy and you need a mortgage or you want to do a refinance, it's so important for you to understand what points are that way you don't get taken advantage of. And then at the end of today's episode, I'm going to give my own personal opinion and forecast on where I see mortgage rates going for the rest of 2023. So let's dive right on in. How are mortgage interest rates determined? Well, let's like kind of deep dive and try to break this up for you guys into like little baby chunks. I think a good way to explain this so that it's easily understandable is think of the stock market. I want to say whether you trade stocks or you don't, you probably at least know that stocks are based on trading, right? People buying and selling and your stock prices are based on that, people buying and selling. Well, mortgage interest rates work the same way, except not on the trading of stocks, but on the trading of mortgage bonds, or you might hear me use the term mortgage-backed securities. The trading of this is what causes or determines 
your interest rates. Okay, Leah, that's great, but I don't quite get it. Is it quite like, that's okay. I'm going to go into a little bit more of that. Mortgage cycle. Whenever you go and you get a loan, you get a mortgage and you close, that's not the end. Most lenders are going to sell your loan to a servicer. I'm sure most of you that have had a mortgage have experienced at one point or another, you get a letter in the mail and it's like, oh, we bought your loan. You got to make your payments to us now. So that's when your lender sells your loan to a servicer. Now, you might think it stops there, but it doesn't. So once you, you have your servicer, but they don't actually hold on to the loan. You just make your payments to them and they facilitate everything, but they actually sell it to what's called an aggregator. Ooh, ugh, what a word, aggregator. What is an aggregator, right? Like it's, it's hard even for me to use the word, but an aggregator is going to be your entities like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginny Mae, Ginny Mae is like your FHA, uh, VA. So you're, again, I always use the term, these are like Fannie and Freddie are like your overseers for conventional loans. And then you have FHA and VA, you know, over your FHA and VA loans. And these aggregators are going to take a bunch of mortgages, right? Not just your little mortgage, but they're going to take yours and they're going to like, pull all these other mortgages in. And then on this side, they're gonna pull all these mortgages in and they're gonna like, they got these handfuls of bags just full of mortgage, right? Oh, that's a good way to kind of like describe it. So they took a bunch of mortgages, they put them all in a bag and now they have a bag full of like a ton of mortgages. And they're gonna take that bag and they're gonna package it as mortgage-backed securities. And they're gonna sell it to investors. And investors are going to buy them and sell them. So that gives you and hopefully paints the picture of what the trading of mortgage-backed securities looks like. Now, how you can understand this and read where the rates are, as the price for your mortgage-backed securities goes up, goes up especially when people are buying a bunch, right? Just kind of like the stock market. If there's a lot of people buying, 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 the price goes up. Same thing with mortgages. So you have all these people and they're buying, 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 and that's raising the price up. That's good for you guys. So as the price for mortgage-backed securities raise, interest rates for you go down. And then vice versa. So if there's a lot of selling of mortgage-backed securities, sell, 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 and the price starts down the toilet, <laughs> hopefully not down the toilet, but just down, then that's not so great for you. Your interest rate will go up. So think of it like a seesaw or an inverse relationship. As one goes up, the other goes down, vice versa. Okay. So now you guys have a very basic understanding. Like, 
you guys could pull up a chart for mortgage-backed securities, the trading, and just watch which way it's going for really simplistic sakes. If it's going up, you know that means your mortgage rates are going down. And if it's going down, that means, you know, your rates are going up. So that's a very simple, easy way to kind of understand what they're based on and understand the relationship there. Now, what are mortgage interest rates most closely tied to or correlated with? They're correlated with quite a few things, and I'm going to go over all of that with you guys, but really want to put some emphasis and focus on the number one driving force. Any guesses? Any guesses? Well, I can't hear you, but if you were guessing, I'm sure a lot of you guys guessed the federal funds rate, especially this been a big thing over the last three years, right? When the Fed dropped the federal funds rate back in 2020 to zero, and then they've been doing all these hikes. I can't even tell you guys the amount of clients I get and they call and they're like, oh, the Fed just raised the rates again. Oh, that means the mortgage rates are going up. No, no, it doesn't. Federal funds rate does not control mortgage interest rates. I know a lot of people think it does, but it doesn't. We'll talk about it, so don't don't worry. But what is actually most closely tied or correlated to mortgage rates is actually going to be inflation. Okay, why? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So, especially since oh wait. You know, most mortgages have a fixed rate return. Even adjustable rate mortgages still have a period of time that it's a fixed rate return or a fixed rate right before the rates start adjusting. Well, with inflation, you're, if you're an investor, right? Like, I bought this bag of mortgage-backed securities and I'm getting 4% return every year okay great but over time if inflation goes up you're still getting the same four percent it's not changing but the cost of everything else has gone up dramatically because of inflation ergo your four percent rate of return doesn't mean as much in the future if there's inflation as it did when you first got it hence why Inflation is a driving force to mortgage rates. As inflation goes up, mortgage rates will go up and follow suit, you know, to kind of mitigate that a little bit, mitigate some of that fixed rate return. So one of the things I want to talk about here with this specifically, rewind a little bit. Let's go back to 2020. Because I'm sure some of you smart cookies on here who are listening are like, okay, Leah, I get it, inflation, but that doesn't make sense because back when we had, you know, the COVID crisis, inflation started going rampant, but mortgage rates were still sitting in the twos and the threes for a little while. So that doesn't make sense. 
but it does. And I'll tell you why it does. Because when COVID hit, the Fed, Fed's got a couple tools in their toolbox that they can use. And I think this too is a big reason why a lot of people think the federal funds rate controls mortgage rates. Fed dropped the rate to zero for the, the federal funds rate. And then mortgage rates dropped into the twos and the threes. So most people are like, uh, well, th that is the federal funds rate. No. The Fed was doing something else in addition to dropping the federal funds rate. They were doing something called quantitative easing. That's a mouthful for simplicity's sake. Quantitative easing, what that meant was the Fed was buying, purchasing billions of dollars in mortgage-backed securities. Remember what I said, when the price of mortgage-backed securities goes up, because there's a lot of people buying, your rates go down. So what was happening? Inflation was going, and it was going up, but the Fed was purchasing billions of dollars in mortgage-backed securities, which was artificially keeping interest rates low. Because what happened in 2022? Well, in 2022, the Fed decided to stop quantitative easing. They stopped purchasing mortgage-backed securities. And what happened? Anyone who was paying attention, 2022, our mortgage interest rates went from like threes to sevens like that. Why? It's because they were catching up to inflation. They went to where they should have been the whole time. I get it, you guys. I loved the twos and the threes. Like, I've been in this industry almost a decade now. I love giving people rates in the twos and the threes. I loved it. It was fake. <laughs> I mean, it was real, right? Like, I have a rate in the twos. It was a real thing, but it was never supposed to be there. And had the Fed not been buying mortgage-backed securities to bring the price up, to bring the rates down, well, the mortgage rates just would have followed suit with inflation. So hopefully, little history lesson that tells you guys a little bit about what was going on you know, back in that era. But what are some other things that maybe affect or are correlated with mortgage-backed securities? So that would be, let's talk actually about the 10-year treasury. Because I hear this one a lot too, when people are like, oh, the 10-year treasury is going up is so that's affecting my mortgage rates. Yes and no. They are correlated with one another uh, inversely, right? So as the price of the 10-year treasury goes up, oftentimes you will find the price of mortgage-backed securities going down, which again, price comes down, that means interest rates for you are higher. Why? Why is there kind of this like inverse relationship? because the 10-year treasury 
and mortgage bonds tend to compete for the same investment dollar. So there's only, let's say there's only so many dollars. Let's put, for example's sake, let's say there's 100 investment dollars out there. And maybe it's split 50-50 right now. 50 on the 10-year, 50 on mortgage bonds. Well, let's say 25 people from the 10-year take their 25 and they move it to mortgage bonds. Price goes up, rates go down. 10-year treasury, price would go down. And vice versa, as they move it. So that's why you tend to see that inverse relationship between the two. And again, it doesn't follow it as close as inflation does, but it is a, a decent indicator. Usually not so much like in the short term, but if you look at a more long-term picture, it definitely like kind of breaks that down for you guys or gives you a sense or a direction of rates. Another one is stocks. So I talked a little bit about the stock market. Same, same thing. So the stock market and mortgage bonds also again tend to compete for the same investment dollar. But stocks tend to be riskier. But they also tend to give more reward, right? The whole saying, more risk, more reward. Mortgage bonds tend to be a little safer, but the reward isn't quite as high. This is important because during recessionary periods, people tend to move their money from more risky investments into safer investments. So if you were listening to my episode last week where we touched on the housing market and I specifically talked about recessions, six out of the last six recessions in the United States, mortgage rates came down. Part of that has to do with this, people moving their investment dollars from stocks into a safer investment like mortgage bonds. This is because during a recessionary period, right, it's not so great, people losing their jobs, money's a little tighter. So we wanna be a little safer with our money during those periods. So it makes sense why mortgage rates have come down during the last six recessions. This one kind of sucks, but high unemployment rates also tend to be good for mortgage bonds. Why? Why would people being laid off or the unemployment, unemployment rate taking higher have anything, like why would that benefit mortgage rates? Well, so if you're looking at like a jobs report, so two of the big ones are the BLS jobs report and then the ADP report. Again, mortgage bonds follow inflation. So when there's deflation, mortgage rates really like that and will come down. And that's kind of how the mortgage bond market tends to interpret unemployment going up, you know, or layoffs, or not as much in terms of pay raises, because those are all inflationary things, right? As people are getting paid more money, that's a sign of inflation. 
So when they're not getting paid as much, when the job market tightens up, this is seen or interpreted to be more deflationary. Hence, why mortgage bonds tend to actually really like it. And it coincides very well with, again, what tends to happen during recessionary periods. Unemployment's going higher. People have moved their money from riskier investments into safer ones. It appears deflationary. You know, so that, to, and that's where the federal funds rate comes into place. As the Fed raises the federal funds rate, that's actually done to fight inflation. So not always, there tends to be a mix of other data points, but a lot of times on days where the Fed has voted to raise the federal funds rate, we might actually see and oftentimes do see mortgage bonds like that and tend to improve, not deprove. <laughs> That's not the right word, but you guys know what I mean. So that hopefully that we like we could get into a lot deeper of an un, un, bleh, of an understanding of mortgage rates and how the mortgage market works, but I think for today that's a really great baseline for you guys, and you probably can already kind of tell where I'm going with this and how I'm going to be utilizing this data and this information for my forecast. So let's move on to our middle section of the episode today, which is we're going to be talking about points. I've talked about points before in a couple of my episodes, especially the one on closing costs. But again, I want to reiterate points in today's episode because I'm specifically talking about mortgage interest rates. So you might hear the term point, basis point, and be like, well, I don't know what this is and why we use points and base. I don't get it, but it is what it is. It's important for you guys to understand what it means. So that way you know what to be on the lookout for so you don't get taken advantage of. But one basis point is equal to one one hundredth of one percent. So a hundred basis points is equal to one percent. Okay. Simple. Now, when you go to get your mortgage, every day, and sometimes multiple times throughout the day, depending on the trading of mortgage-backed securities, if there's bigger movements in the market, the lender's rates that day can change midday. But every day, your lender will get, I call it a rate spread, right? So there's a low rate and a high rate, and all kinds of rates in between. So let's say from 4% to 6%, just for example sake. And you get this spread. And then based on your criteria, there's about 20 to 25 different factors that go into determining your interest rate. You're going to get on your rate spread, some interest rates are going to cost more than others. So you will have, I like to call it the best no cost rate. That's how I usually explain it to my clients, but the technical term would be called the par rate. But that is based on your specific scenario, 
and the interest rates for that day for that lender, there's going to be one interest rate on there that's going to be the best or the lowest rate you can get without paying any points. And then in that spread, so let's say for example sake, that's 5%, right? Let's say 5% is zero, doesn't cost you anything. Well, between four and 5%, there's gonna be lower rates, but each of those rates is going to have a cost in points. And you can go lower, but to do that, you're going to have to pay points. So let's say four and a half percent is gonna, it has a cost of one point. What is that? One point is equal to one percent, and it's going to always be a percent of your loan amount. So if you're getting a $500,000 loan, you would pay $5,000, one percent of your loan amount, one point, to get the four and a half percent interest rate. And then it works opposite. So everything between five and 6% is actually going to have a credit to you. This is great for people that maybe you're a little strapped for closing costs, is you can actually opt to take a higher interest rate from your no cost or par rate, and the lender will give you points back as a credit that you can use towards your closing costs. So again, let's say the same thing. Let's say 5.5% has a credit of one point. Well, one point, 1% of 500,000 is $5,000. So if you took a 55 rate, you could get a $5,000 credit towards your closing costs. That's kind of how, not kind of how, that is how interest rates are determined and every day you get a new spread of rates and again sometimes multiple times a day depending on what's going on with the trading of mortgage-backed securities so now that you guys kind of know and understand that you got to watch out for bait and switches when a lender gives you a pre-approval Usually there'll be a rate listed on there somewhere. That is not actually your interest rate. Okay, let me repeat that. The interest rate showing on your pre-approval letter is not your interest rate. It is a floating rate. Hopefully the lender actually priced it out for that day so you have an accurate estimate, but that's not your interest rate. It's, a, it's floating. It means pretty much diddly squat. Until you actually go under contract for a home and lock in your interest rate, it's floating. And it's going to be subject to all the changes in the trading with mortgage-backed securities or mortgage bonds. So understand that. You will see a lot of lenders put false or lower mortgage interest rates on your pre-approval in order to entice you to use them because you think you're getting a better rate. Honey, I'm here to tell you, there ain't no rate yet at all, period. 
So if you're going to shop for an interest rate, the best time to do it is right after you go under contract for a home because then the lenders have the ability to actually lock in and secure that rate for you. And it's also all going to be based on the same day of trading versus you do a pre-approval this week with one, a pre-approval another week with another. The market could be totally different. So one, one lender might look like they have a lower rate, but that's just because they gave you the pre-approval letter when the market was doing better. So understand that when the best time to shop is. Also, this one's very unfortunate and I wish they would change it. Mortgage lenders legally do not have to disclose the cost or the points of an interest rate until you are locked in. Let me repeat that. <laughs> lenders legally do not have to disclose the charge, the points for the interest rate until you are locked in. It is unethical. Yes. Is it wrong? Yes. Is it going to change? Maybe someday. But for now, you guys just need to be aware of that so you can know and better understand if you're being taken advantage of. A lot of lenders will do fee estimates or like closing cost estimates or even an official loan estimate that's not locked in yet and not put the charge. So this could be an example if we go back to our rate spread. So your best no cost rates 5%. But let's say the lender puts 4.5% on your fee estimate. You're not locked in yet. And they just failed to put on that there's a you know, one point charge, that there's a $5,000 charge for that 4.5%. Then you might have another lender that does it correctly. And they put 5% with no charge. And you're looking, you're comparing, and you're like, oh, the four and a half, that's the one, that's the best one. And then you start going through the process, submit everything, they have you pay for an appraisal, so now you got money in, like on the line, you're kind of like locked in, and then they lock your rate and all of a sudden your funds to close go up $5,000. It happens all the time. I can't even tell you guys how many loan estimates I've seen from other clients when we're competing. And they've got like some crazy low rate, but the lender's charging them like $15,000 for that rate. It happens all the time. So the best way to avoid this happening to you is as you're shopping, and again, I wouldn't even really like super get nitpicky until you're under contract because again, the market fluctuates every day, but you go under contract for a home and now you're shopping for the best rate. Make sure to ask your lender specifically, is this the best no cost rate or does this rate have points associated with it? 
And you can also ask, because I've seen this too, some lenders won't charge points, but they will charge it in an origination fee or an underwriting fee. You'll sometimes see it there too. You guys, here's the thing with lenders. They can move fees around to different spots. So I would ask, this rate you're quoting me, are there points associated with it? If yes, show me what those are. And then also ask, do you have an origination fee? And do you have an underwriting fee? Add up what they tell you. The best way to prevent getting baited and switched later in the process. Yeah, and I think that's what I wanted to touch on for you guys in that section there. Just really pushing home your pre-approval. The rate you see on there is not, it's not your actual rate. I'm sorry. I wish it was, but it's not. <laughs> Unless rates come down. I love when that happens. Sometimes I have a client, we do their pre-approval and rates are really high. And then rates come down by the time they go under contract. Those are my personal favorite. <laughs> okay, so let's go into now what my forecast is for 2023. And you guys can probably kind of guess where it's going. Also, especially if you listened to last week's episode on the housing market and really understanding that, you'll probably really know where my forecast is going. But I do believe mortgage interest rates will come down in 2023. Now, how much? In my personal opinion, I think they'll come down into the fives somewhere. I don't know if I see them coming down into the fours this year. And again, when people start talking about the twos and the threes, I don't think they'll be that low because again, it was artificially being kept low. They weren't naturally that low. So unless you get some other outside force that starts manipulating the market, I just don't think we're going to get that low again. So right now, mortgage rates are probably sitting anywhere mid sixes to mid sevens, depending on the lender, the type of loan, how much you're putting down, credit score, all of that. So I really anticipate them coming down about 1%. I'd say mid fives or so by the end of the year. Part of the reason I forecast that this is going to happen is one, a big one is inflation. Inflation, we've been making great headway with inflation. It has been coming down and this has been doing wonderful things for the mortgage market. Now, earlier this year, we kind of did anticipate rates coming down sooner, <laughs> but sometimes things happen that we can't predict. Right, like in 2020 when COVID hit, no one predicted that. And I don't think anyone was predicting interest rates were gonna drop into the twos and the threes. And we already had a little bump like that this year. And that was with the banking crisis. So if any of you guys heard about the collapse of SVB, Signature Bank, First Republic Bank, Swiss Bank. So when all of that happened, and this would be a whole other episode, so I'm not gonna go into it today for you guys, 
But that really put a big damper on the mortgage market. So I think that curveball kind of prevented interest rates from coming down sooner than they would have. But let's say the rest of the year goes smoothly, the Fed's fighting inflation, and that inflation starts to starts or keeps coming down because it's already coming down. I think this is going to be really good for mortgage rates. And again, inflation's the number one driving force to mortgage rates. So as they come down, you know, or as inflation comes down, I anticipate rates to come down as well. Recession. Why one hasn't been called yet? I don't know. I we won't get super into it. I think it's a little politicized, but uh, there is a big likelihood of a recession being called later this year. And again, if you listen to last week's episode where I went over all the different, like how the housing market uh, works in conjunction with past recessions, based on history, six out of the last six recessions, interest rates came down. If I'm a betting person, I'm gonna bet that the 100% in the past is probably gonna be reflective of today as well. So especially for recessions called, to me, that's just further evidence that I anticipate interest rates to come down. And the third reason, unemployment. Unemployment's been staying relatively low. Uh, It has ticked up a tiny little bit. And when it did that, the mortgage market responded very favorably to it. So if we get into a recessionary period, again, during recessions, we also see unemployment go up. And just like what I talked about, the mortgage market, mortgage rates, mortgage bonds, whatever term you want to use, it likes it because it it interprets that data as being deflationary. So as those things continue to happen, That's why I anticipate interest rates coming down. Maybe you might have a different viewpoint than me. I'd love to hear it. I'm open to hearing different viewpoints. So you can always shoot me an email, lendingwithleah at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what your view is on it, what you think, what your forecast for rates are, if you think I'm cuckoo, or if you're like, oh, she's onto something. I wanna hear about it, as well as I wanna hear what you guys like about the show, what topics you want to learn more about. Please, I love the feedback. And you guys can always follow me too on all the social medias. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And that's all Lending with Leah. Leah spelled L-E-A-H. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And I will see you again next week for more Mortgage Magic. (laughs) 